0: You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, and in these episodes, we focus on one of two things. We'll either be sharing one of our favorite and most actionable talks from a Flip My Funnel event, or you'll hear Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss how they're getting better in a specific functional area of Terminus's business. And remember, like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go.
1: Sangram here. Welcome to Flip My fun Podcast. I'm joined here with Marty Thompson. Marty is the CMO at Clear Software. They're based out of Indy, and I love Indianapolis. I think everything over there is fun. Indy 500 is, is one of my favorite favorite ones are on the bucket list to go and attend. Although I heard from a lot of people who are local, they say they don't attend as much as people from outside attend. So we might chat about that for a second. But today we're going to talk about just a Dana Life of a CML who has been there, done that several different times. He had a, another agency Called two bananas and marketing. We'll we'll talk about that. How did that come <laughs> about in a second? But right. I'm stoked to have you on the podcast.
2: Hey, It's a real pleasure. I obviously I follow you around the world. <laughs> I really enjoy what you're doing, and I think I think terminus is really uh, fortunate to have you know folks like you that are, you know, out there uh, evangelizing in a new way. It's really critical.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. But let's get into your story. Share a little bit about yourself and a fun fact.
2: Okay, well, I've been in the marketing business a long time, but didn't start out as a marketer. Actually, started out as a microbiologist. Whoa! Yeah, so That's I was uh,
1: biology to do marketing.
2: Yeah, so I started at the IU School of Medicine, and then I, I went to a company called Beringer Mannheim, which is now Roche. And while I was there, I became one of their um, e-commerce consultants because they were we were just going through the process of implementing SAP. So I got to know a lot about SAP very quickly. And uh, from that, it actually led to the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, worked for uh, KPMG Consulting, which is now bearing point and was an SAP consultant. Mm. And in a strange uh, turn of events, I went from that to uh, software marketing. <laughs> did that? Wow. Uh, yeah, I did that out there for a while and then, Came back to my uh, my my home state, Indiana. So is that so you're born and raised in Indiana. Yes, that's pretty cool.
1: And so share a little bit about how did the, the name of the company that you founded and had
2: agency, the two bananas and marketing, come about? Right, right. So I'm 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 sitting there in my office and I've I'm ready to launch the company. I'm really excited about it. You know, I have my first employee and and I'm like, but you know, I haven't named it yet. You know, as a marketer, we're supposed to be really good at things like that, and I was petrified. My daughter, who was probably five at the time or six, walked into my office with a drawing she had done, and it was a drawing of two bananas, and that's what we called the company.
1: That is awesome. You know, people spend ungodly amount of time and energy and money on logos and names of the company and. To a certain extent, it's okay to spend a little bit of time to be thinking, but then I look at and I look around me and say, if somebody would have come to me today, and I didn't know the company Apple and what it is and what it stands for and all that stuff. But if somebody comes to me today, as a, and I'm a marketer, so at heart at least, and if somebody came with me like, hey, here is a here's an Apple I took a bite out of. Let's make this as the logo of the company, right? Like I would just, I'm not sure if I would entertain that conversation at all. And now you look at Apple as like the most gigantic and most iconic company in the world with stories that people pretty much use on everyday time. And their logo is uh, somebody took a bite off an Apple, right? And so it's interesting. And now you can put stories to that, but it's, it's, it's like too much. I wonder what your thoughts are as a marketer yourself.
2: I tend to agree with you. I think I think as marketers, we at times put a little too much emphasis, especially with young companies, to try to come up with you know a slick logo, a slick company name. I think you grow into those. You know, if you have something that works, as your company grows, you know your your brand gets uh, you know it sprouts wings and it, it starts to fly, and then it becomes more important. And obviously, as companies mature, they'll go through those those painful processes where they'll completely change their logos for better or for worse.
1: Right. Right. Right.
2: I tend to agree with you.
1: Yeah. I've seen that all. So share a little bit about clear software and, and kind of your journey on foray, because I, I think we just started talking about it. I'm like, but well, wait, 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 let's just start recording because you're giving away some good stuff on that recorded. So let's just get into it, but share a little bit about clear software and Kind of your journey as you were there as VP of marketing. Now you're the CMO. You're kind of running obviously everything over there, and, and I mean you you have when I mean, you have you're a company that could very easily could have said, no, we shouldn't be thinking about account based marketing. That's not what we should be doing. But you actually looked at it very differently. So walk us through that process.
2: Sure. Well, as as you said, we're a fairly young company. We're in a very hot space right now, and uh, we're very excited, a lot of traction. For us, it was really about a couple of things. The first was that I think we all kind of recognize that the, the old way of doing business, the old ways of selling didn't really make sense for us because our sales cycle as you know we play in the enterprise space can be fairly long. And and you know, we began we began asking questions like how, how do we accelerate the sales cycle? how do we build velocity, if you will? And, and those are thoughts that I think every company has had, but don't really come up with incredibly good ways of, of actually doing something about it. Right. So we really looked at ABM as helping us to do several things, obviously to raise awareness, and and that's that's important. But also, you know, if you take a really agile approach to, to ABM, just remove some of the fear barriers, you know, and just start using it, right? Don't be afraid to use it and to change things. You know, we went from what what I would say was um, a very large target list of companies initially, and we were able to kind of narrow that down. and And that process, you know, it was as, as much a process of just acknowledging, you know, that we need to get, you know, more laser specific and it really, it's really been paying off for us. The the other thing I think, you know, if you're doing this right, it, it forces you as a company to really begin thinking about, you know, how are we using our content? How much time and effort are we putting into it? Things like ABM really demand that you spend a lot of time on creating great content. Don't don't get in fall into the trap of thinking, you know, I need to create, you know, something new every day, literally. Mm. But instead, you know, create something that adds value, you know, to a potential customer, you know, as they're out there in the wilderness, you know, looking for the right solution. And and don't be afraid to change the content in a way that suits how you're adjusting your ABM journey as well.
1: I could not agree more. You said, don't be afraid a few times. That makes me, that begs the question of like, you clearly have then seen, maybe experienced, some of it is like, well, it was, you could have stopped. You could have not fully engaged. You could have seen, because the organization typically, when there is a change, the standard operating procedure is like, oh no, that's changed. You know, we haven't done that before. That's not the way it's done. And And you have been and done, That way for a long period of time, too. So for you yourself to say, no, no, that's not going to work. It it shows me that you obviously have a lot of courage to call yourself out on it and say, I need to change. And thereby the organization needs to change. And thereby the status quo needs to change. Give me some, give the listeners some ideas or views of like, hey, look, if you're about to go do ABM or preach ABM in your organization, here are the challenges you're going to come face. And here's how you address those
2: challenges. So I think one of the one of the big challenges might be that, you know, you'll have people in the organization that say that, you know, ABM has been around forever. Yeah. What's so special or new about Terminus? And and that's really a question I think it's important for that individual to answer themselves. You you need to do the the research, do the homework, put the time into basically creating a storyboard or playbook that you can go into your organization and help to evangelize the use of ABM because it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. You know, it only works well if everything else in your organization works well and you're, and you're leveraging all of it as one cohesive unit. So, you know, I I went back to content, very important, Mm. but it's also important that, you know, the communication Channels you have between marketing and sales and pre-sales and also with your existing customers, um, is working really well. It's, it's also very important that, you know, your sales team understands ABM and how they should be using it because, because you're getting a lot of extremely rich data back from the process. And, you know, early on, we made a commitment that, you know, you know, me as the head of marketing and, you know, and our sales group, you know, we worked very closely together to be sure that everyone understood the data, the insights that we're getting back from our tactics and our campaigns. Because if you don't, if you don't do that, you know, everyone is missing out. So it's really critical to, you know, to spend the time to really understand, you know, what those campaigns, what those tactics, what kind of information they're providing you. And how you should be acting upon that. It's really totally. critical. Totally.
1: What's did you did you go through? Maybe some new metrics that you started to kind of present and share that maybe you or the organization wasn't
2: bought into before. Well, like a lot of you know a lot of companies you know we're you know we still use kind of the MQL SQL uh, pathway, if you will. Yeah. But but we you know we we add on you know some metrics you know, from Terminus Mm. that help us to better understand, you know, what's actually happening out there. Because, you know, if, if I have a company that's, you know, included in one of our, one of our tactics and I know they're coming to, you know, coming to my website and they're going exactly to, you know, these two web pages and I know they're consuming content, right. You know, is there additional data that I can, that I can get from that tactic that's going to help inform, you know, the salespeople, especially. Yeah. What are the triggers that we use to basically answer two questions? One is at what level of engagement do we deem, you know, is the right opportunity to do other stuff. Right. And then I think the second one is when is something not working? Yeah. And I mean, that's the reality of, of this business. It's the reality of the world. Sometimes things don't work. (laughs) Yeah. it doesn't mean we're not doing a good job or, or, or or we're bad people. Yeah. Sometimes they just don't work.
1: Oh man. I can talk about those things. Like, you know, there there are campaigns that have failed like miserably and and that's okay because then you tried
2: something and then you know, it doesn't work. And that's really critical that, that, you know, any company, any, any, any marketing person within that company, they need to get comfortable with, you know, acknowledging something like that and then trying something different. Yeah. The other cool thing about, about you know, your platform is you can do that quite easily. I mean, you can change things up pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. So how how many, you, you mentioned before, yeah, like 600 accounts or something like that. And then have you take, was that from a bigger number of accounts to 600 or now 600 to like 60? To walk us through, because I think a lot of people in marketing and sales are still, handcuffed and things that they have to have 10,000 accounts to go after in order to start because they still think about the waterfall model of like how many they reach out and all that stuff. So what is your thought process? and How many accounts are you
2: truly focused on? That's a great question. So so that, that original, you know, for us, large campaign was, was really to support kind of the results of the major, you know, go-to-market strategy sessions. And we took a step back and said, "Okay, we we want to address, you know, these kinds of companies with these kinds of revenues that we know they're using these particular technologies in-house. Yeah. And we know from experience that we tend to do well in that environment. Right. Typical marketing stuff. And and that was our initial, you know, push into ABM. And over time, you know, we we realized that we needed to get more focused. Mm. You know, if you mentioned a company that might have 10,000 target companies in their campaign yeah. and I can't imagine what kind of insights you would get from a, something like that. Yeah. I, I would rather see them break it down into like five different campaigns with two tactics each and, and still only include like, you know, a thousand total. Yeah, But break it up in a way where I can start getting, getting some insights much more quickly by some sort of segmentation. Totally. Now, how important was it for you
1: to get your sales team bought into this whole strategy? Oh, I think it's
2: critical. You know, this, this really isn't for, for me. It isn't for the marketers. It really is for the salespeople really critical. And, you know, we've never had any, any doubts whatsoever. Huh. so Huh. Sales then, team has yeah. never, yeah, never had one, one, you know, inkling of like, Oh, why do we need to do this? <laughs> you know, I, I always joke around this idea is that, uh,
1: has anybody ever asked this question or thought about this is that the title of your sales rep is account executive, not lead executive. So, you know, right. In many ways, they focus on accounts. Of course, they focus on people within those accounts. But if you focus on the leads within their accounts, you're going to get a lot of love from them. So account-based to them sounds like marketer. Finally, you figured out what I focus on. Thank you. Come on, help me over here.
2: Right, and you know, and you might you, you know within your organization, you might have a um, you know a sales team where they're you know they're selling into other target accounts that may not be under the ABM umbrella, Mm. but I would also encourage companies to think about, you know, setting up some sort of a a system whereby a given rep can go back to marketing and say, you know, company, a is not part of, you know, an ABM campaign right now, but I've had four discussions with them. Mm. And, and it, it seems like something is moving forward. Let's, let's do a one-on-one abm campaign for that company. Yeah. And we can we can help them to raise awareness within that company, right? Yeah, because they're only talking with one person. Yes. And you can sit down with the sales team and say, well, you know, could we target the whole finance team or operations or whatever, right? But that's the kind of agility that i think companies should should not be afraid, you know, to start jumping into.
1: Hundred percent, hundred percent. I love this. Here, here are my my notes. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: So I'm I'm gonna try to summarize two or three big ideas, and we'll add more to the show notes. Um, and again, thank you so much for being so vocal about this idea. That hey, look, regardless of your size of the organization, you really need to look into this. This is a new way. So, so thank you. If anybody's listening and they say this is not for me. You gotta really think through it. It's not just a new shiny thing. It's actually the way B two B needs to operate in many ways. So, so one thing you said about uh, several times, which is do not do not be afraid, do not be afraid. And I love that because I feel people are driven by fear, in a good way or a bad way. Sometimes people just don't want to do it because they're afraid and it's new, and they don't they want fifty other examples before they would touch it. But if you really go talk to your sales team, as you said. They will probably say, why didn't you do that like last year? I needed like yesterday. So don't be afraid. Go just work with your sales team. The other thing you said, which I thousand percent agree, I feel like if nothing else, people should take this away, is that you cannot do account-based or you cannot do marketing itself in vacuum. It doesn't exist. It's not going to work. You'll have issues and you might feel you've done really well. But if your sales and marketing team is not fully trusting each other and you're doing things in vacuum Sooner or later, it's going to catch up to you. And it has happened to me. I have been there, done that, and I've burned myself in the process. So don't do that part. And then finally, oh, I love when you said that ABM is actually not for marketers. It's actually for sales. <laughs> we just happen to carry the torch and, and do, which is in our power to engage and stuff, but it's actually for sales. I love that part.
2: I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, I, I'm, I hope my, my sales team is listening.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll make sure they do when I, when I send you by the link. So what is the one challenge you want to share with upcoming leaders who are trying to think about this and are still kind of afraid?
2: I think the biggest challenge is notwithstanding budget and you know things like that. You know, I've got the budget, I've got the buy-in, but I'm reluctant to, you know, to kind of dive in. I would say don't think of it as just a tool. Think of it as an integral part of your entire process. And what that means is, you know, more, most organizations, they have a sales methodology, you know, they have a, they have their marketing program set up, they've got the marketing plan, they're executing against it. You know, think about how you're going to just incorporate that into everything you're doing. Right. It becomes a lot easier when you look at it from that perspective. In other words, don't look at it as a tool that exists in a vacuum. Right. Think about how you can weave it into everything you're doing. And I think that's really critical. So if you go with that approach, I think it makes it a little easier for some for some marketing teams. And and don't be afraid to to try it and to and to really try it. Yeah. You
1: know. I love that. Marty, thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate it. and again I love the sport like ABB is not for market, it's for sales. I think that should be something a messaging that we need to include in our mass messaging because that is such a Again, Marty, thank you so much for what you're doing for your organization and just spreading the gospel of uh, better marketing out there.
2: A pleasure.
0: You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.